to the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Hello and welcome to episode 402 of the Chris and Sam podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Sam. Welcome along to your weekly fix of randomness, technology and life for the princely sum of zero dollars. Well, I might have an ask for the for everybody today, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. First of all, I'm um I slept in this morning. Well, yeah, I, I woke up when the alarm went off and went. Nah, I'll do my exercises this this uh this afternoon or this evening rather than this morning because I had a late night last night. I went out to Ha Ha Hamilton, which is the uh, new Hamilton. Um, what do you call it? Comedy club. Yeah. Um, so it's at the Navarra Lounge the first Wednesday of every month. And last night was their debut. And it was really cool. It was really good. So I, I'll tell you a little bit about it. Um, we had. <laughs> the, first was, off, how did you find out about this? Okay. So Jamie, Jamie, a uh, friend of the show. Uh, hey, Jamie. Uh, he, uh, he messaged me. On Saturday, said, "Oh, do you want to add this to your podcast Saturday afternoon or something?" I'm like, "Well, no, we recorded it on Thursday, but that's okay because I didn't actually see it until Tuesday, when okay, Monday, good. Tuesday, because I don't, I don't have Facebook or Messenger on my phone, so I'm not yeah. going to get your Facebook messages, folks. Anyway, um, so I, I did see it beforehand anyway. So we, we threw it on the, the Chris Sam Facebook page. Uh, I went along. Uh, Sam was busy, and um. Yeah, it, it was good. That for a, a first crowd, it wasn't too bad, you know. Yeah, um, that's good. You know, for the first time and stuff. And the format is they'll have a they have about six acts, give or take. I think is what they're going to go with. I think they had six to last night. Yeah, and they're going to have two or three locals, or ideally three or four locals, and then one or two from out of town. Yes. Um, you know, bigger bigger people. You know. And, um, yeah, 10 bucks, bloody good. Um, so I went down there. Um, I sat, uh, in a chair. So a the chair? Navara, you sat the, in a chair. Uh, let me, let me explain because this is important. The okay. Navara lounge is downstairs bar. It's sort of, it's the perfect bar for a comedy club, to be fair. It, it is. Really is. It, it is. It is. But all the chairs are different. They've got like lounge suites and stuff all. Yeah, yeah um, it's random as. So I sat in a upright chair because, you know, I've had, um, some, some, I've been going to physio for my back. You're an old man. I, yeah, yeah. So I sit in an upright chair. You know what the problem is with sitting in an upright chair? So you're taller yeah. than everybody else and you're Stand easier out. for comedians to see. <laughs> so it wasn't long until I was on stage, actually the first act. Um, you're on stage yeah yeah we need a volunteer you sir oh fudge um yeah so anyway that was all right uh apparently it was really funny i couldn't see what he was doing behind me which was quite nerve-wracking but anyway okay okay um sounds like great fun yeah 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 so that was pretty cool um so yeah uh jamie was good that was first time i've seen jamie um he had a set that the 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 First part he knew really, really well and, and he'd written them well and they were, they were, they were landing. They were good jokes and stuff. And yep. the last bit, I think he was trying something new and it wasn't, it wasn't quite right, but it, yeah, it was good. Oh. Um, so that was cool. 
And then um, they had these others, but they ended with uh, a, a group from um, Auckland called Tough Tiger Fist. Have you heard of these guys? No, I, I just saw a picture that you've taken. Yeah, I, that's one of the guys. I said, I've got to take a photo of your T-shirt because that way I'll remember the name. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> like, I've got a podcast with over 400 episodes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I gave him a car. Yeah. Okay, so, um, yeah, no, Tough t- Tiger Fist are really good. I can't remember their names. So you can look them up because there can't be that many Tough Tiger Fists. But actually, they're like, uh, what did they, they said it? Flight of the Concords Light. Um, or Flight of the Concords Next Generation. So they sing songs. Um, yeah. and they're funny as hell. So they were really, really good. Really good. Uh, definitely if you ever get a chance to, to check out t- Tough Tiger Fist do that because they were funny as as hell but this is going to be a monthly thing um and if you're in hamilton i reckon you know think about supporting that i'll be definitely going along to the next one so it's first wednesday of every month they're not going to be doing one in january because nobody's here well first wednesday of the month is like a it's new year's day or something stupid that's a stupid day so they're not going to do january but it'll be so we've got december coming up and then february and it'll be away we go. So, yeah, um, support that. It's a lot of fun. Um, and, yes, I got hassled quite a bit about um, putting some material together so I can do my debut uh, course, on that stage that at some point. Next, that was my next question. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I, I know I get a lot of hassle about that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I've, I've got to get some – I've got a very busy couple of months up, so nothing's going to happen for, gotta, for a while. Got to make so. that money. Yeah, 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 absolutely. On that topic, uh, I shared something on the uh, Chris and Sam Facebook page, I think, or maybe I just shared it on mine, was the um, Gumboot Friday. So you may have seen some ads. Gumboot Friday is um, basically has been led by Mike King, a comedian, very famous New Zealand comedian, which is the time, which is why I remembered this. But Gumboot Friday is a organization that helps counseling for youth um, particularly around the, the problems of suicide and that sort of thing, or, or problems that could lead to suicide. They're not funded by the government, as I understand it. Um, they're purely funded by people. Um, so oh, if, I think, I think the government said that they're going to give them $650,000. Yeah. And, and the counseling for the youth is free. And of course, it's the people with uh, no money that needs it. Cause if they've got the money, they don't need the counseling so much. It, it seems somehow. I don't know why that works. Um, yep. so yeah, if, uh, if you're listening to this on your phone and you're in New Zealand, take your phone back out of your pocket and, um, text boots, B O O T S boots to four, six, nine, four, six, nine, just text that. That's $3. I had to, uh, I had to put some money on my skinny. Um, yeah, yeah. We're, we're not sponsored by skinny, but we should be, we but be. I, um, so I use their very handy app to quickly go in, pop in my uh, code and hit, you know, top up with five bucks, did it immediately, text 469 to boots. If you're outside of New Zealand, you want to help out, uh, good on you, that, that'd be great. You can go to gumbootfriday.com, gumbootfriday.com. Okay. So, yeah, anyway, I, that's my uh, public service address you, for, for today. <laughs> did you get onto that because of the interview he just did recently with The Rock? Or, that was what I shared. Oh yeah, um, I wasn't sure. Uh, you must have done that. On your um, but I, I, I'd seen an ad on TV, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I must do that." And I hadn't done it. I just forgot about it. And then when I saw that interview on The Rock, 
which is pretty powerful, I think. Um, cause yeah, I know Mike King's, uh, struggled with depression for a long time and I didn't realize his wife was as well. And oh, his right. wife has had a, a pretty bad time recently and, and Mike's had to go out and do all this yep. promotion for this thing. And he's leaving his wife at home in a mess. Mm. And so it all got to him and he's, 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 he just about had a meltdown in that interview. Um, cause he feels like he's doing it all himself and he's putting a lot on himself, which is what yeah. certain personality types do, right? They sure. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So anyway, um, that, that's, uh, ha ha Hamilton. So, uh, if you're in Hamilton and, uh, you got, so they were the, doing like an open mic night as well or something. Eh? So they still do an open mic oh, night okay. on other Wednesdays, which is, uh, like different people singing and yes. they had comedians in, but, it, and it was those comedians that would come in, um, or local comedy yes. guys would come in for those open mic nights. The guy said, how about we set up a comedy night and it's just comedy night. And so yes. that was the first one. So yeah, it's pretty good. They got, um, I, I did actually write down some notes, so I should use them. We have, um, it was put together by Jamie, who we mentioned, Joseph and Steve. Um, yeah. is that the Navara Bat Lounge, which is owned by Ivan? So Ivan's pretty much driving it quite a bit as well. Ivan's the old guy, eh? Yeah. Who like was doing the same course Diego was doing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they know each other because when we went there for a screening of something, he was like, "Oh, Diego, Diego." I said, "How do you know him?" And Diego goes, "Oh, he's on my course." Like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. He's 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 a nice guy, very excitable. Um, yeah, it's cool, it's cool. So definitely check out the Vara um, Bar anyway, and uh, yeah, Vara Lounge Bar, middle of town. Okay, so what else good. we got? What's this thing about an Irishman? Oh well, this Irishman, he um he's the first person to row from New York to Galway in Ireland. Galway. Yeah. So he's done that. It took him 112 days. He says it's nice to be alive. Uh, <laughs> he, he can't swim, and he's not planning on learning anytime soon. Um, so I'm not sure how important that is when you're crossing the Atlantic. You can't swim that long anyway, so it's moot. Maybe. Uh, he did start off with an actual rowing partner. There was supposed to be two of them doing it, but the first guy got sick after 13 days and then got medically evacuated. And he um, continued on his own. God damn yeah, it. he was just like, oh, I'll just do it. Well, he's sort of a bit of an adventure dude. But when he got near the end, he was washed onto rocks and then emergency personnel had to help him. And then he crawled his way onto dry land. He spent 2,686 hours at sea. Uh, he raised 124,000 New Zealand dollars so far for charity. He's also run ultra marathons in the Sahara Desert. Um, he's rode from Spain to the Caribbean before. He's climbed Kilimanjaro and he missed out on Everest because he got Corona. So he couldn't make it to the top. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. So that's cool something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to read this one on maximum security because I thought this was funny. And, and again, yeah, stitch in time. It's called. At stitchsnitches.com. So you sort of wonder about the veracity of this. Okay. But apparently. We've, what, hang on. Let's just do a disclaimer. We have investigated this thoroughly by reading <laughs> the one article we found on the internet. Carry pretty, on. Pretty Carry much. On. What do you mean pretty much? That is it. Yeah. It's not like okay. you're going to bust out something else. So in what appears to be the biggest heist from a U.S. prison, a Georgia inmate, while in a maximum security holding cell, impersonated a Californian billionaire 
and managed to steal $11 million. What, like on the <laughs> phone or something? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Georgia Department's uh, Corrections Special Management Unit is where Arthur Lee Cofield, Cofield Jr., yeah. a 31-year-old gang member serving 14-year sentence for armed robbery, is accused of using unregistered cell phones to pose as California billionaire Sidney Kimmel and open a fa- false bank account in his name. Okay. Um, so he planned to acquire a 6,106 American Eagle one-ounce gold coins in order to buy the coins, he made arrangements for $11 million to be sent from Kimmel's Charles, Charles Schwab account to a firm in Idaho. Okay. Sounds so, okay. This guy's doing, like, see, the smarts of this is where they need a bit of a uh, um, an institution swap in the U.S., right? There's a bunch of senators that are fuckwits. They should be in prison. And then there's this, people like this should be out of prison and in the Senate. And I reckon America would go so much better. Because <laughs> maybe, maybe. But it, it, it's, it's amazing just how much information some people have. Yeah. Like, and know how to do something and are super confident when they're using phones that have been smuggled in a prison wallet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, oh, I mean, I don't know. How, uh, crazy. I mean, I don't even know how many. The thing is, when you get to the bigger numbers, I, I, I think, I assume, like psychologically, it actually becomes easier. Somebody tries to rip you off for a hundred bucks. Nah, a thousand bucks. Well, it's a bit dodgy. But when it's a couple of million, you go, Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> you know, if you're working in, in the bank in Charles Schwab or whatever, and so yeah. it's the name, it's legit as it appears on oh, into that account. Accounts under that name, sweet. Just transfer the money. Um, yeah, I, I think the as it gets bigger, it actually becomes uh, easier if you have the cojones and the confidence to pull it off. Yeah, yeah, I think so. If you can just walk the do the was it walk the talk, talk the walk, yeah, yeah, talk whatever. Um, that's right. Hey, in Texas, they've uh, I think in twenty twenty one, they said, "Yep, this is what we're going to do." So they're rolling out some DNA kits to help identify kids' bodies during emergencies. So they're sending home these DNA kits to the parents, and they don't have to use them. They're not mandated to use them. But basically, uh, when they all get shot up at a school shooting, they are very hard to identify, and they usually... Yeah, because a shot to the face, particularly of a child, it will take the face inside out, the, the head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing. So they, so they have to do DNA anyway. So there's a few people that aren't very happy about this. They're like, look, you're not solving the problem. Like, and, and this is some of the people that have gone through some of these shootings. But I was like, well, what does it consist of? Basically, it's like a card and you put, um, ink free fingerprints on it and a bit of DNA from your child and you just have it there on hand. So if something does happen, you just hand that over. So you're the, it's a bit quicker, I guess. Yeah, I, I think it's it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea for all sorts of reasons, other it's a than sort of crazy idea though as well. Like I can see both sides of that one. Mm. Oh yeah, it's definitely not solving the problem. Oh, I don't know. I, I wonder what the homeschooling um, statistic in the states is now. It's got to be going up, unless you really don't like your kids, which I can understand that too. Not having any. Um, that you know, you'd say. Ah, uh, go to school. Maybe you get shot, and I can get some money out of it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, back to New Zealand politics because this is always fun. Uh, <laughs> we've we've passed 
the plain language bill to get rid of jargon. Did you hear about that? No, no. That, it had its third reading, and it's basically requiring officials to use plain, easily understood language when communicating with the public. The Is MP- that only for government departments or for corporates and everyone? I think it's just government departments and the right. paperwork, the stuff they do. So the MP, Rachel Boyack, who presented the bill, said people living in New Zealand have a right to understand what the government are asking them to do and what their rights are and what they are entitled to from the government. Okay, cool. Now, the opposition, who's national, just wants to... I saw someone uh, say this the other day. They said, what is national's policies that they want to bring in for the next election? Because it does seem they just want to undo everything that Labour's doing at the moment. Like, that's all they keep talking about. They don't seem to have a platform about almost anything. Yeah, know. yeah. yeah. But they've yeah. said, so they've come out and said, this is a solution looking for a problem, and it would create new layers of bureaucracy in the form of plain language officers. He says, plain language police, that's what they'll be. They'll be running around looking over the shoulder of public servants, checking to see if they're writing words with less than one syllable. But the advocates have said it'll actually save money and government time because clear communication is a key to a functioning functioning democracy. I, I'm all for that, Bill. I think that's great. So my old boss, uh, Sarah Burns, um, who's probably not listening, but anyway, um, Sarah... Shout out if you are. Shout out if you are. Um, Sarah, I, I'm pretty sure she won a couple of times. I know she entered, like, at least five years that I was there, the New Zealand Plain English Awards. Didn't even know that was a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. And uh, I think she won it a couple of times. Okay. And and it really um, dictated, because she was in charge of the knowledge base for internally for Telecom New Zealand. Yes. And so it dictated how we worded everything for um, – for everybody that's, you know, when you're trying to learn how to use a new phone or a new operating system in the back so, end or whatever. Yeah. How did it work for that competition type scenario? Did um, you had to something? submit something that you've worked on. So yeah. there'll be advertising people, educational people, different people oh, um, right. would send something they'd worked on that year and, um, and they, they judged it. I, I can't remember the criteria. This oh, is no, no, no. It's just one decade so, ago, a decade ago. Which so it does say here that they argued that it would improve accessibility for people with disabilities, elderly people, and the people that needed the documents translated. Like, it does make sense to me. Oh, yeah. So at the moment, the way the government is, not, you know, telecom, but the government is, it's like they speak in legalese or, yeah, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. Then you have to have it translated by a lawyer that charges you a crap load of money, right? So, which makes yeah. it not accessible to people without a crap load of money. Exactly. Which is so, why the National Party like it because they can get more, rip more people off. Oh, um, no, no. They, the argument is the National Party want to undo it so they can still confuse the poorer people of the population. That's what I mean. They can yeah, rip yeah. more people off. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. not even, not even rip them off. Literally confuse them so nobody knows what's going on because oh i don't have it off i don't have it in front of me but like yesterday they were saying like the national party want to do you see that story about the tax no oh it's something stupid like um they reckon oh they don't want to tax the rich people for the first so many million or something because that's going to be the the better way of doing things it was something Uh real bad it was real backwards and it was like i 
if okay. you're going to do that, it should be you don't tax anybody for the first thirty thousand dollars. I'm just picking a number. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Whatever. I think, 20, I think twenty is the general feeling. Twenty, okay, twenty thousand dollars, including the rich people. Nobody gets taxed on their first twenty thousand dollars. This is what you call a level playing field, which incidentally the rich people don't like. But anyway, and I'm talking to a future billionaire as I say this, and you agree with me. And so, um, oh, here we go. This is the headline. Nearly six billion in nationals plan tax cuts for the richest five percent, according to a union analysis. Yeah, it just makes no sense to me. Makes no oh, sense. Uh, breaking news, Chris. The recount bid for Gore has been declined by oh, a yep. judge. So Ben Bell, our mate, podcast fan, friend, friend of the podcast, he has been confirmed as New Zealand's youngest ever mayor. He's sworn in today, hey? Yep, look at him go. Yep, yep. I, I did see that actually. I didn't mention it, but yeah. Yes. So that's cool. Cool. Good stuff, Ben. All right. Um, what else have we got here? Um, I'll talk about this marshmallow test for birds, which is a bit random. And you can talk as about the future is here, eh? So marshmallow test for birds. You know what the marshmallow test is, right? Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. So that's where you get a kid and you say, put a marshmallow in front of them and say, I'm going to go f- away for a couple of minutes. If that marshmallow is still here when I get back, I'll give you another one. Yes. And, um, I can't remember the percentages, but some kids will just eat the marshmallow straight away or, or wait a minute or something and go, oh, I can't wait any longer and eat the marshmallow. And some kids will wait until the person comes back. I would have been one of those that wait till the person comes back. I, I, I used to do that when, when I was a kid, right? So, um, I used to, we used to all get lollies as kids and I would keep mine and not gobble them. Just so I had the pleasure of once everybody else had finished their lollies, I could start picking them out and eating them slowly in front of them. I bet um, you. I bet you were. Uh, a I was a dick. I was a dick. <laughs> and, and that's at six or seven. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, so um, but they've been doing a marshmallow test with uh, birds, and they've been using jays, and jays are part of the corvid family, like ravens and that sort of thing. So they're very okay. intelligent. And, um, but they, they've had to tweak it a little bit. So basically what they do is they have a, a little plastic glass panel, whatever you call it, a transparent panel. Behind the panel, they have the Jay's favorite food, which is mealworms. Yeah. And in front of the panel, they put like some bread and cheese, which they'll eat, but they're not a bit meh. Right. And, but, um, they can look at the mealworms. They can't get to them, but they can eat the bread and cheese. And if they wait, the the uh, partition opens and they go for the mealworms. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And some of the, it varies. Some wait longer than others. The the one that waited the longest would wait waited up to uh, over five minutes. Oh yeah. And they do the same thing that um, um, animals and children. Uh, was it monkeys? I think is the other one. Monkeys and children do in the marshmallow test. They start looking away from the bread and cheese, so they're not tempted. <laughs> they look <laughs> everywhere else, just waiting to hear, waiting for the mealworms to be available. Um, but yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting because it just shows a level of um, cognition that we didn't think was there before. Very cool. Yeah, it's amazing what uh, the animal kingdom has going on. Yeah. The, this, the future is here thing. It's super quick. It's just a photo somewhere in America. They've got these giant rolling around robot looking things that are police robots. And oh. this woman, this woman went up to it, was trying to tell it a crime that was going on. 
and it said, go away, and then it drove off and sung a song. Now, I don't know what the song was, but... um, <laughs> That's so <stupid>. <laughs> Yeah, but at least she, she didn't get um, handcuffed, shot, or put a knee on her head. So it actually functioned better than the American police. Talking about a head, uh, it's been reported that in a Mexican town recently, like last week, this dog was running around with a human head. Uh, it found it at an ATM machine. The drug cartels had written a message on the body and chopped its head off. So, oh wow, that's good times. That would be so. I mean, it'd be bad enough if you saw a dog run past with a head. But imagine if you knew that person and there's oh. a dog run off with this person's head that you recognise. Like, I, you would, I would go insane. You would drive you insane. All right, I've got a, a really, I've got an interesting story. Um, and I don't have a lot of, I've got background on it, but I'm not a lot of pre- present stuff. Okay. So the Kogi, the Kogi, have you heard about the Kogi, Colombia's Kogi people? Um, no, they're a pre-Columbian, uh, no, what do they call it? Pre, before the Spanish Inquis, before yeah, the okay. Spanish come no, to. They've been uh, around a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they, they, pre-Columbian society is what they call it. Yeah. Um, they've lived in seclusion since the Spanish conquest 500 years ago, and they're highly attuned to na- nature. Now, I heard the story on the BBC this week, so this is current stuff. But yep. when I was looking for it, all I could find was this stuff from uh, nine, ten years ago. Oh, and it, okay. it gives a background. And there's been a couple of BBC documentaries on these guys. And so they believe that the the world is um, like a body, Um it has like veins going through it, like move movements of uh, lines of uh, information. So basically, when uh, they started filling in an estuary in early two thousands, yeah, because um, they're building a port or something, they came down and marched down from the mountains and said, "No, you can't do that because it's going to screw up this part over here, like hundreds of miles away." And um, they didn't pay any attention; they did it anyway, and it did screw up the source, right? Because okay. they had this really strong feeling of how things work anyway so they sit on their mountain they can see all this stuff going around wrong with the planet which is what these previous uh documentaries in the 90s and 2000s have been but they've never shared what they know with people they've just come and warned them and then they've gone away back up to their mountain and they've let a few people in and they they seem to be a little bit media savvy because they've had filmmakers come up and, and interview them and stuff to try and get the message out. Like, guys, you've got to do something. Anyway, they're so concerned right now that they have a bunch of them have gone to, I think it was in the UK. Yeah. Uh, I might be wrong there because I can't find the current story. And they are showing them how they revitalize land. So they can take some land that's been, you know, screwed over, yes. that isn't growing stuff and it's crap, and they can revitalize it in a surprisingly quick time and the scientists can't figure out how they're doing it. Oh, They've really? never showed any of this information before. It's it's sort of their sacred stuff. And oh. so they're going to this university and they're showing them how to do it because they said, it, if we don't get you guys doing this, we're all screwed. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I thought it was fascinating. And there's so much more I'd like. I, I need to know about this now. But I, it's the Kogi, K-O-G-I tribe. So if you search uh, that you'll find stuff on there and there's a story from the guardian from 2013 
which we might link in the show notes. It gives it a little bit of background anyway. Uh, but yeah, very interesting, I thought. Pretty cool. We might end this on a bit of a sad note, Chris. The, oh, world's, okay. the world's dirtiest man died after bathing for the first time in 60 years. <laughs> I told you! <laughs> wow. That's the, that's the headline. Links. Uh, it might not be 100% true. So yeah, I'm pretty is, sure. Well, this, well, the Iranian man hadn't bathed in more than 60 years. That's true. He's gross looking and he lives in this tiny Iranian town, which I can't pronounce. And in 2014, he said his favorite meal was porcupine and he lived between a hole in the ground and a brick shack that the townspeople built him. They don't think he had any relatives and the townspeople took care of him. And there's a documentary about him that was made in 2013, apparently. He had his first bath uh, for more than 60 years a couple of months ago. And then he died at the age of 94. <laughs> so, so the bath may not have uh, had exactly, that much effect. Exactly. Him. But he must have thought, stuff it. And the reason he did, didn't have a bath was he thought soap and being clean would make him really, really sick. So he decided to go full retard the other way. Well, it, it might be that he did actually psychosomatically get sick after having maybe, a bath. Maybe, maybe. If sure you there's... had that belief that strong for that long. Yeah, true, true. You know, a long time to commit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he might have made him, you know, mentally made himself sick when uh, he did that. Uh, maybe. Cool. Uh, so that pretty much brings us to the end of the podcast. Uh, what's happening this week? Anything? I am going to an artist's um, thing on Friday. What does the... that entail? I don't know. I signed up for it a month ago um, when I was in the library, and they've uh, they had all these events coming up, and I started scrolling through them, and uh, there's this one on Friday. It's um, Oliver Stewart, I think, was the name off the top of my head. Um, and he's an artist, and he's just going to talk about what he does and stuff. So I thought, right, I'm going to do what, that. What type of art does he do? Do you know? I did, but I can't oh, remember no, no, now. No, that's right. Okay. <laughs> I can tell you about it next week. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to it. If that's not something that brings you back to episode 403, I don't know what will. <laughs> on Sunday when this comes out, if you're super early, the Scarecrow Festival is on at Hamilton Gardens. Come along and uh, vote for a scarecrow and come and buy a pumpkin seedling from me because I need to get rid of them. <laughs> and we're going to have an FPOS machine. I've actually got an FPOS machine turning up today. Good. A crowd in Auckland has figured out that people don't need an FPOS, like don't want to spend too much for an FPOS machine. So you can hire it just for one day. And they send it to me, give me a courier bag. I send it back on Monday and they give me the money next week. And it's all pretty easy, actually. That's, we'll that's a, probably a pretty good business model, I would have thought. So far, it's okay, but I haven't used the machine. I'll let you know next week how that goes. Uh, but I did not build a scarecrow this year, Chris. Too busy. Um, had an idea for one. I've got most of the supplies for one, but haven't built it. Maybe next year. Because last year I won it. So, Or last time. I think last year it was cancelled. I don't know. Can't yeah. keep track with all this COVID bloody malarkey. Yeah. Did I know you won it? I don't yeah, even remember. I, we, I was building it. Well, it was a huge one that I was building it. Oh, yeah. Time. I remember you building it. I remember it looking good. I can't remember if you told me you won. Maybe you Oh, did. yeah. No, I won it. Anyway, we'll see uh, another time. Anyway, that brings us to the end of the podcast. I hope everyone's well. 
Um, check out the uh, Ha Ha Hamilton. Make sure you go along to that. 7th of yeah. December is the next one. Uh, I don't know what I'm up to on the 7th of December. Yeah. Um, you know, if you haven't already, um, text boots to 469 or go to gumbootfriday.com. And of course, check out the chrisandsampodcast.com for all the back all the episodes, links. all the show notes, all the links, all that good stuff. Okay. Until next time, I'm Sam. I'm Chris. See ya. Bye. Hope you enjoy the show. Make sure to subscribe and catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friend.